0: be in the house of the Lord with you tonight. If you have tithes and offerings, you can drop them off the boxes on your way out tonight. I want to remind you this Sunday, of course, is the Sunday prior to Fourth of July. We'll just have a morning service. We will not have an evening service this Sunday. We'll just have a morning service alone. Sunday night you can spend with your family. And uh, tonight we're going to pray and we're going to have a time of devotion. I want us to remember, uh, talk to Mike Burton today. He's got a son-in-law. I'm sorry a brother-in-law that uh, had a horrible four-wheeler accident they've already put seven plates in his face and uh, his daughter Stephanie is in the hospital and they're doing a heart cath on her I think tomorrow possibly so we'll remember Mike's family tonight Once we pray tonight if you would let's go to the Lord in prayer and open this service up and go into the Lord Father we come to you tonight in the precious name of Jesus Christ we honor you and we praise you God thanking you for your goodness Lord your mercy and the love you bestow upon our lives each and every day. You have blessed us beyond measure, Father. We're simply who we are because of who you are. And we thank you for that, Father. We pray tonight for Mike's family. I pray for his brother-in-law, healing would come to his body. He's had a serious accident, God, but I'm trusting you, God, to touch him. And then we're praying for Stephanie, for a good report, God, to come to her. And I pray for all those others that are sick and afflicted this time, God. Because I pray because I have faith in you, God, that you're able, God. That you're able to touch to the uttermost, Lord. We trust you in all things, even with our lives and with our families, God. Tonight, we've gathered in your presence, God, to hear your word and to petition you and pray to you, God. Because you are a God who hears and you're a God who answers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. This time we're going to go to a time of devotion. Would you please welcome Sister Rhonda?
1: the Lord. It's been a hot minute since I've seen you from this view. It's been a crazy, crazy last six months. It's been a busy last six months, but that's okay. That season is over. Um, I never want to bring you all macaroni and cheese. Have you ever heard what macaroni and cheese is? It's good, and it's filling temporarily, but it has no... um, It has no nutritional value. So um, it's my prayer that any time I have the honor and the opportunity to speak into you or over you or the gospel, that it is um, life-sustaining. And I pray that this word tonight will do that for you. Um, I want to talk to you tonight. Yes, I'm officially this many years old now. So um, I've made it to the club almost. Um, I want to talk to you tonight about one of the strategies that the enemy uses against us. If we're not sober and alert, paying attention and um, sensitive in the spirit. Uh, And if we're not careful, we're going to fall into this snare. Maybe some of you already have. Maybe you haven't, um, but if you haven't, then you're going to have this knowledge and wisdom and word to prepare you before it comes. Um, I want to talk to you tonight about the spirit of weariness. Doesn't sound like a very big deal, does it? Well, it can be. The enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and the spirit of weariness will do just that. The spirit of weariness can be deadly to you um, if it's not addressed. Not only can it be deadly to your physical body, it can be deadly to your mind, your spirit. See, we can be tired in our bodies and we can be just fine. We can be tired and weary in our minds and press through it and press on to the next day. We can be tired and weary mentally and spiritually and recover from that. But we can't be all of those things at one time and be okay. And it happens. If we allow ourselves to get to that point, then we're not effective for the kingdom of heaven. Um, it affects us in every way and every area of our life. Um, Not only will you not be effective for the kingdom of heaven, but you just won't be able to function like that for very long. And this might seem like a a minute thing to be talking about, but when you are pressed under the spirit of weariness, it can make you think that you're going to die. It will kill you physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally if you don't address it. If you don't address it, and if you don't call it out, and if you don't handle it, and get it um, dealt with, and broken off of your life, it will cause your vision to be blurred. And most of you know me in here, um, and if you don't know me personally, then you at least know where my heart is, and you know that my heart is for the nation's of the world, mostly our nation, and I can't tell you exactly at what point in my life that the Lord gave me such a heart for our nation, but what I can tell you is that as time draws nearer, as the day of the Lord draws nearer, that that love and that passion only is increasing and growing stronger and stronger, and as it continues to grow, I'm discovering more and more what that looks like. And um, I said that to say this. Some of you might know that a very small group of us women came together and formed a prayer meeting. And we've been in that prayer meeting faithfully and continuously, consistently since May the 4th of 2020. Just after COVID began. COVID uh, motivated us to to start this prayer prayer group. Um, And when we come together at this prayer group... We've been praying for a lot of things that concern this nation. Um, we've been praying for revival and the harvest. We pray for the nation's leaders. We pray for the crisis at the southern border. We pray for elections, um, the ones that are coming up and, and the ones that are far off. We're praying for the presidential election that's coming up in 2024. Um We've prayed over school boards. We've prayed over different generations. We've prayed over our children, the prodigal sons and daughters, for them to come home, calling them out of darkness. We've prayed over your children. We've prayed over the next generation that they would come to know Christ and be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues from the young to the old. We've been praying for the needs of the church and the leaders and the pastors of our church and their families and for protection and encouragement and fresh vision and a fresh anointing and a double portion. We've been praying. Uh, for the different continents of the world. We've been praying over abortion that it would be overturned in the United States of America. Can you say hallelujah? That is a prayer that has been answered. We're not done. Now we're going to pray for the 50 states that, that the right people would be elected to make righteous decisions for every state. That's on our prayer list. Uh, We pray for the Supreme Court justices. We've been praying for the Supreme Court justices for quite some time for their protection and for wisdom. We've been praying for liberty and justice to be returned back to the United States of America. We've been praying for the protection of our, our religious freedoms to be upheld and supported and protected in the United States of America. You name it and we've been praying for it. Mostly, we've been praying and believing for a turnaround and the salvation and the redemption and a revival and the harvest of the United States of America. When we come together, we believe that what we are asking shall come to pass. We ask by faith, we believe, and we ask by faith that these things are going to happen and that we're going to live to see these things. Um, We are engaging in active intercessory prayer. Now, I didn't say all of that to make us look good for no reason at all whatsoever. We're just doing what we feel like God has called us to do. But there was a point, there was a point... um, that I became very discouraged and very disheartened because it seemed as though our prayers was hitting the ceiling and it seemed as though uh, they weren't being answered. And I was discouraged because I was not seeing with my physical eye what I thought that I should be seeing. And the only way I know how to describe it is I don't know you you all's lives but our our children are our most important thing that we have but you know when you when your children are facing a crisis and I mean a crisis I'm not talking about a stub toe I'm talking about a crisis that involves your children the ones that you love the most the ones that you care for and you 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 love your children um when, when they're going through a crisis and they're hurting and they're wounded and it breaks your heart because you can't do anything to fix it and you can't do anything about it to set things right and you're you're just heartbroken because you can't change the situation and that's where I was at and it was heavy, it was heavy. I can't tell you how heavy, so heavy that I cried out to the Lord one day in my prayer time and I said, I know how this feels to me. I can't even imagine what it feels like to you. Um, but that's where I was at. Not at all angry at the Lord. Not at all angry at the Lord. But very heartbroken and very discouraged. And I began to take a look at what we were doing in our prayer meeting on Monday night. And examining what we're praying, how we're praying. And are we in the will of the Lord? Do we need to change something? And, and uh We were doing what we were supposed to be doing, and we were doing things the right way. Um, But to just be real honest with you, I was battle-worn. I became weary, not just because of prayer and not just just because of life in general. I became very battle-worn and very weary, and I was exhausted, mentally exhausted, physically exhausted, emotionally and spiritually, and I began to question things that I knew to be true. Don't look at me like that because you've probably been there too. You know what I'm talking about. When you're so battle-worn and you're so weary... And you begin to question, well, that wasn't right, so maybe this isn't right either. Well, that wasn't true, so maybe this isn't true. And that's how the enemy works. That's how the enemy operates. He has many strategies that he tries to use against us. And when we catch on to one strategy and that doesn't work and it's no longer effective, then he'll pull something else out of the bag. And it seems like we get blindsided and sucker punched in the face. And then, bam, before you know it, here we are. And, um... So we spend more time, these things happen to us many times when we get our eyes off of the assignment and we listen to to all of the other voices around us other than the voice of the Lord. And I was spending a lot of time listening to and watching Fox News. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to tell you the truth. My TV stayed on Fox News morning and night. I would listen to it getting ready for, for work in the morning. It would be on whenever I'd come home in the afternoon and it would be the last thing on my TV before I'd go to bed. Because I needed to know how to pray. And I needed to know what to pray for. Um, But the Word of God says that if your right hand offends you, to cut it off. So that's what I did. I had my cable disconnected. And I'm not going to lie to you. It hurt. It hurt. And I I was angry for about two weeks after that. I was mad. I was like, I want my Sean Hannity. I was angry. And I was messaging my daughter, how can I get this on my TV? I need this person. And I I need Ainsley Earhart. And I need this person. And... I don't need that, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, you don't need to know all of those things to know how to pray for the needs of the nation. There are two kinds of people in the nation. There's the redeemed, and there's the lost, and that's what you need to be focusing on. So that's what we focus on is the, 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 the condition of our hearts. Um, so in that season, and if you know me, and if you know me very well, then you know that I don't share these things very easily because I'm a very private person, and I've said that in here many times before. But I feel like the Lord needs me to share these things with you to, because I think it's going to help you if you're in this place. When I was in this place, I was very down and very broken and very disheartened and discouraged. And um, the Lord took me back to a few years ago It was on a Sunday afternoon, um, broad daylight, I'd returned home from church and my house had been broken into and my house had been robbed for the second time and it was destroyed. All of the bedrooms were a mess. Um, You just can't even imagine. It looked like a tornado had hit my house and everything that was any of any value to me at all had been taken. Everything had been taken that meant anything to me at all on a Sunday morning while I was here at church. And um, I was devastated. My dog was gone, my little Shih Tzu dog, she was gone. She was nowhere to be found. Um, I didn't get her back, but um, she was gone for several days. And uh, it was hard, that was a hard thing. And my daughter lived at home with me and um, the Lord took me back to that day and he reminded me of the events of that day. And I remember very vividly um, cleaning those things up and putting things back together. And my dad was there. My sister was there. My kids was, were there. And Melody and um, one or two other ladies, friends from the church, were there. And um, helping me put things back together and, and just consoling me and those kinds of things. And, and this is where I'm going with this. When all, everything was over that day, I can remember it just like yesterday. Everyone was sitting in my living room, and I'm going somewhere with this. Everyone was sitting in my living room, and I was the only one standing. And I remember standing at the end of my hallway in the doorway. And everybody was getting ready to leave. And they were trying to get me to go somewhere to stay the night. And this boldness swelled up in me. And I remember looking at them and I said, I will not leave my home. This is my home, this is my house. And I refuse to give place to the enemy and I will not be ran out of my own home. Now, I wasn't making a declaration to them when I said that. I said that with a purpose. I was making a declaration to the enemy because what I wanted to accomplish when I said that was for the enemy to know that whatever your purpose was here today, you didn't accomplish it. And I needed him to hear me make that declaration and say those words. And the Lord brought that back to my memory and he brought that back to my mind. And this is what the Lord said to me when I was in that hurt place. Because I was discouraged about what's happening in our nation. I was discouraged because I wasn't seeing any fruit of the prayers being answered. And the Lord brought that back to my mind. And he said, I kept hearing him over and over and over say this word to me. He kept saying, occupy, occupy, occupy. And the Lord is saying to the church, to the body of Christ. And what he said to me is occupy in the presence of the Lord. Now listen, I, I, I love our leaders. We have the best that there is. I believe in seeking out wise counsel when you're in the middle of a decision. But when the Lord gives you a word, the word from the Lord can rescue you in a way that nobody else can rescue you. When you get a word from the Lord, that word from the Lord can turn your life completely around in a second, in a moment. And when I heard the Lord speak that word to me, you know, you begin to investigate and get an understanding and a revelation of what it is. And you pray, Lord, reveal to me what it is that you're trying to show me and trying to teach me. What is it that you want me to learn from this? And the word occupy means this. It means to take possession. It means to keep possession. It means to seize. You you take seize. you, You seize something. And it means to stay or stand in place. And that's what the Lord wanted me to get when he brought that memory back to me. You are going to stand your ground right here. You are going to stand up and you're going to stand with the same determination and the same persistence that you had that day in your living room. This is where you're at. This is what you're supposed to do. And the Lord said to me, this is no time to lay your sword down. This is no time to lay down your sword because in my mind, I kept seeing myself holding my sword because I'm a warrior and this church is full of warriors. You all are warriors. In case you don't know, and I may have said this before, but there's a difference in a soldier and a warrior. A warrior is not born. A warrior is conditioned. Conditioned. Okay. Think about that. A warrior is conditioned, and a warrior is made. A warrior is made. A warrior is elevated uh, above a soldier because uh, you're experienced. But that's what he said to me because I kept seeing my in my mind. I kept seeing myself just go lay the sword down and back up and walk away and say, "Okay, I'm done with this fight. You can have this. You can have this. I'm not going to fight for it anymore." I'll just stay right over here and do this. And the Lord says, no, you won't. You're gonna go pick the sword up and you're gonna occupy the land. You're gonna go pick up your sword and you're gonna stand in the presence of God and you're gonna seize and take possession of. We're gonna seize and take possession of this city, of this state, and of this nation. And the Lord just kept saying, when you've you've done all you know to do, you stand with the same determination that you had standing in your living room on, on that day. And this was very powerful to me because in my hour of discouragement, that's what I needed. I needed to hear a word from the Lord. So when you feel like your prayers aren't working, you stand in the evil day you stand, you occupy in the presence of the Lord. For many of us, these last couple of years have been one of the hardest seasons that we've ever faced. It seems as though we've had things coming at us from every direction, whether it be spiritually, emotionally, financially, physically, and as the result of the pressure of this last season, it's left many of us feeling completely exhausted. We've worn ourselves out with struggles. Some of them are necessary and some of them not so much. But the Lord has sent me here tonight to tell you to just stand and occupy in the presence of the Lord. We're all familiar with Ephesians 6.13, and it says, Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of anger. And having done everything that the crisis demands, to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, and victorious. And we've all gone through times when it seems like nothing's happening, nothing's changing. But the Lord says to put on the full armor of God and having done all, stand. In other words, he's saying you've done everything that you know to do. Now you just stand. It means none of these things going on around me are going to move me. It means that you need to make an intentional decision. You make a decision that you're going to stand. To stand means to be fixed in position. And when the enemy tries to get you out of position, he's trying to move you off of the promise. The assignment of a spiritual attack is to try to get you to question what you know was certain prior to the attack. That's the assignment. The assignment really isn't what's going on. The assignment is to get you to doubt what you know. The assignment is to get you to doubt that God is able. The assignment is to get you to doubt that God is for you and he is not against you. The assignment is to get you to doubt that God is not in the midst of what is going on. The assignment is to get you to not believe that the word of the Lord is true. And he sends the attack time and time again to wear you down, and to wear you out. And many of you feel weary, and many of you may feel as though there's no point in doing what you're doing. There's no point. It feels like we're just spinning our wheels. There's no, there, but there's power in standing. There's power in standing. By standing, by occupying your ground, you're making a declaration that you believe that God is for you. You're making a statement to the enemy that you believe that God's working all things out for your good. I'll never forget that day, standing in my house, and I was on the phone with Pastor, and and tears were just running down my face, and I remember saying to him, because God works all things out for our good, amen? And I remember saying I just don't understand how God can work this out for my good. And the Lord reminded me of that. That was, that was a few years ago. I, I don't remember conversations on the phone, but the Lord reminded me of that. And you know, it might be that God allowed that to happen to me back then just to pick me up out of the pit today. So let's not question the Lord. Let's not question why things happen. Uh, let's just trust that the Lord is for us and not against us. And it's okay to be honest with the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand where I'm at. I don't understand the winds of adversity that are blowing all around me right now. And I can't see with my physical eye what your plan is. But I'm choosing on this day to stand. I'm choosing today to stand in your presence to stand upon your written word, to stand on what I know and what I've heard in my spirit. I choose this day to stand on your prophetic promises. Let me remind you that Paul weaponized prophecy when he told his protege Timothy, make war with the words that have gone on before you. You can find that in 1 Timothy one eighteen if you want to look it up. Paul told Timothy, he, he taught him to weaponize the prophecies of God. He said, make war with the words that have gone on before you. How does that work? Well, it might sound something like this. God, I know more than, any, more than anybody that I'm the least of these, but you said I'm called. So I'm choosing to stand on what I know that you have said. It might sound something like this. God, you said we'd be a church to the nations, so I'm choosing to stand on the prophecies that have gone on before me. God, you said my offspring would be a voice to the nations. It doesn't look like it right now because they're out here living like heathens, but I'm choosing to stand and occupy until the turnaround comes. Hallelujah. There is prolific Power in returning to prophetic words. God's prophetic words become weapons that arm us with confidence and peace and boldness and strength. Paul was saying, you can use what's already been declared over your life as an offensive weapon. You can begin to pummel the armies of hell with what God said about you. When you feel like your prayers aren't working, choose to stand on the word of God. Even if it's just one scripture, even if it's this one, Ephesians 6 and 13, and you begin to speak the word of God. What did Jesus do when the devil was attacking him? He said, he came out of the wilderness and he said, it is written. He didn't say Well, I feel like the Bible doesn't say that our emotions are powerful. It says that God's word is powerful. The word of God is written. It is true. It is settled forever in heaven and in earth and it shall not be moved. It says in the gospel of John, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus was the word incarnate in flesh. So when we fight the devil with the word of God, we win. When you feel like your prayers are not working, begin to fight the devil with the word of God. When it feels like your prayers aren't working, they're working. And that's why you're being attacked, because they're working. That's the assignment of the enemy, to get you to stop praying, to get you to stop believing. You just have to stand. Paul wrote this profound statement to the church of Ephesus when he said, Having done all, stand. Stand. Stand on the promises. Stand on your identity in Christ. Stand on your calling. Stand in the word of the Lord. Stand in position in your place, knowing that God is faithful. It says to stand firm. That means to be resilient, to be unmovable, to be rooted, unyielding. It means strongly and unlikely to change. Not giving way to pressure and unlikely to be swayed. You stand firm and you keep showing up. It doesn't matter if you feel like it or if you don't. You keep showing up. You keep doing what God has positioned you and purposed and destined for you to do. It's no time to lay down your sword, church. When you've done all you know to do, stand. And then you begin to give thanksgiving. There's two things that the Lord spoke to me. Occupy, stand in the presence of God. And (sighs) I hope this ministers to you like it did me. Even if you feel like your prayers aren't getting answered, you can find something to give God thanks for. It can be as simple as, Lord, I've got breath in my body today, and I thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for loving me when I was unlovable. I was unlovable at one time. I was unlovable at one time, church, and the Lord loved me through it. You begin to thank God because gratitude unlocks realms of the presence of God. So when you praise God, when you thank God, you invite his presence in and you're occupying in the presence of God. The presence of God is a breakthrough force in the earth. And this war, my, this is war, my friend. We are in a spiritual war. We're in a spiritual war for our minds, our families, our children, our nation. But the good news is, is that we win. We're in a spiritual warfare and hell is hissing and hell is angry right now. But that's okay because the breathwind of God is blowing through and we've entered into a new season and things are changing. I don't know if y'all can sense that or not, but I have just sat back over the last few months and I've said, my God, the word that is being preached from this pulpit is mighty and powerful and right on with me every single service. And I'm so thankful for for that. I'm thankful for, the, for the, the word of God that leads and guides and divides and corrects and exposes truth and exposes the lie of the enemy. But there has been a shift in the atmosphere. There have been has been a shift in the spirit. And it's very obvious and, and noticeable to me. And the breath wind of God is breathing on us. And we win. And I'm encouraged tonight because of what the Lord has shown me about his presence. And that's what I want you to know about. Uh, what we're experiencing in our nation can be very discouraging looking at it through the physical eye. But it's, it doesn't look that way when you look through the spiritual eye. It's actually quite the opposite, to be honest with you. Because what we're feeling is the pressure of his presence. I'm sorry, I have to do this. What we're feeling is the pressure of his presence, it's the weightiness of God's glory. What does that mean? It means that the day of the Lord is drawing near, and his manifested presence is hovering over our nation, and it's putting pressure on the enemy. It's putting pressure on evil, and it's causing a scurrying and a scattering. And because the presence of God stirs up darkness, there's gross darkness now running wild in our land. But here's the good news. His presence is also putting pressure on the church, causing us to come into alignment with his heart, causing us to come into alignment with his will, causing us to come into alignment with his word, causing us to be elevated in the spirit causing us to focus on him and causing us to consecrate ourselves to God. His presence is also drawing a great harvest. So why would the enemy not be scurrying around? Why would the enemy not be stirred up? The more he descends, the greater the weight. The more he descends, the heavier the load. The more he descends, the stronger the battle. But the stronger the battle, the greater the victory. The greater the weight, the greater the pressure. The greater the pressure, the brighter the light shines, silencing and extinguishing the darkness. Regardless of what folds in America, he has a plan already set in a motion to accomplish his will and his intention. And I wasn't even gonna bring this up and say anything about it, but I'm going to because he already has a plan. He has always had a plan. He knows where we are today. For 50 years, the church has been praying that abortion would be overturned. And we sit and we wonder why, why, why we've been praying and we've been waiting and we've believing. People that have prayed that prayer have already gone on to be with the Lord and they've not been able to see here on earth the victory and what has happened. But And I know there's no power in numbers, but there is something to numbers, because the Word of God, there's a pattern in the Word of God that is associated and affiliated with numbers, and it's no coincidence that this announcement was given on June the 24th of 2022 at 10.10 a.m. in the morning. Um, I think it's, it's either Luke or John, I don't know, don't quote me on that, 10.10, that that the word of God says that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Christ has come that we might have life more abundantly. Um, on June the 24th, this word was given, this decision was announced to the nation, Um 50 years after intercessors have been praying, we associate the number 50 with the day of Pentecost, which which is true, but it is also associated with the word Jubilee. And if you know what the word Jubilee means, it means that something that has been taken from you has been returned back to you. That's powerful, church. That's powerful. It was announced on June the 24th. Now, this is just me. You can take it for whatever you want, but June the 24th, The number 12 is the number of government. 24 is the number of government manifested. um, And 12 and 12 is 24. We know that. And so I was thinking, well, I know the number 12 represents the government, but there's another 12. What does that mean? Well, the ecclesia is the church. The ecclesia is God's body. And the church, the ecclesia, is the legislative government of Christ. So I said that to say, God has a plan, and he has a purpose, and when your answer comes, and when your promise comes, and when your promise is fulfilled, it'll be on the right day. It'll be at the right time, so don't get discouraged. Wait on the Lord. Don't lay your sword down. Occupy. Stand in the presence of God. In this set time that we're at right now, the church has been awakened, and maybe not yet as a whole, but there is a rumbling, and there is a shaking, and there is a movement. There is a sound of awakening that has that is happening right now, even as I speak. It's it's happening in the church, and it's happening in the world. It's happening in the harvest. It's happening with revival. Um, The church has been awakened, and maybe not everyone has just yet, but at least part of it. But there's a remnant that God has aroused from slumber, and they rise with the spiritual knowing that the time is now. We rise with courageous faith in God and undaunted determination to work with the Holy Spirit to see His intentions revive and thrive across our land. We're not in denial of what's happening in our day, but we don't live by what we see. We live by what God has said. And God has said that America shall be saved. So I'm going to stand my ground and occupy in the presence of the Lord to see America be saved. God said that we would have another move of his spirit in our time. And though may, it may seem like evil is prevailing, these things won't move us. We're going to stand our ground. We stand in the presence of the Lord. We're not shaken from, from our righteous stand. We believe and we know that transformation isn't coming. Transformation isn't coming, church. I hate to tell you that. It's not coming because it's here. Transformation has already made its way here. And we have to be awake and aware to recognize that we're already here. I'm convinced that there's still hope for America. Because there's an assembled body of believers who know our God. And we're committed to following and trusting him. (sighs) Hallelujah. We have been in training for many years. We've been in training for many years. I already told you that warriors aren't born, they're made. And the warriors have been in training for many years. But now is the time to be who we have been becoming. Now is the time for the church to rise up and be who we have been becoming. We've been in a process for an appointed time. And now we're in position position to step into the destiny for which we've been prepared the Lord has taken us through years of combat training and through the process we've learned that we are who God says we are we know that now We've had to go through the process to learn that, but we are—we know who we are in Christ. We've learned that we have the power and the authority that God says that we have. We know that we can do all things through Christ, and we can do all things that God says that we can do. And the training season is over, and now we've entered into a time of transition. We've been in a time of preparation, but we're now being moved into our time of manifestation. And I know some of this you already heard on Sunday and I did not pastor or I did not copy pastor's notes. Um, But we have moved and shifted into a time of manifestation. We're an army that's dressed for battle. Joel 2, 15 and 16 says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. We're no longer dressing for battle, church. We're already dressed and we're going forth in the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who he is and who we are in him. We were still in the fight, but we're now armed with the revelation that the battle is the Lord's and he has assured us Of the victory. We understand that our fight is not with flesh and blood. We know our stand is not against people, but our stand is against evil agendas that are seeking to destroy God's intentions for this nation and to turn the hearts of her people away from God. Our stand is against wicked principalities that have set up thrones from which they seek to rob us of our freedom and rid America of the knowledge of her righteous heritage. Ours is a valiant warfare in which we stand with the anointing and the authority of our King Jesus to rule and reign with him as his legislative body and to see the redemption of our land. Our aim is an awakening to an awareness of God in America that results in a harvest of souls coming to God through salvation in Jesus Christ. And I would say to you tonight, Don't let your heart grow weary. Don't let your heart grow faint, but stand strong in the presence of God. Don't just look at what the enemy is doing. Pay attention to what you are allowing your eyes to set on. But trust and know that God is doing something. Your prayers are working. Your prayers are moving and shifting. God always has a higher plan. He's way ahead of the enemy. Isaiah 46 and 10 says that God declares the end from the beginning. He already knew. He already knows your life. He already knows the plans that he has for you. Whatever it is that you're struggling with today, it's okay. Be confident that the Lord is moving and arranging and working on your behalf. And we have to believe that for this time, while Satan means it for destruction, death, and confusion, God has a plan, and he's using this time to shape, to mold, to strengthen, to give us greater tools and weapons for our purpose in accomplishing his plan and his original purposes and intentions for our nation, which we already know is to spread the gospel across the world. There is an all-out attempt by the enemy to stop the church in this season, but God says the church is emerging. By the wind and the fire of the Holy Spirit, we have been forged, strengthened, prepared, and made ready to advance the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. I've got to read that again because we need, to, we need to get that in our spirit. By the wind and the fire of the spirit, we have been forged, strengthened. We have been prepared. We have been made ready to advance the kingdom of heaven. The tide is rising. It's a fiery blazing tide of uncompromised, bold, anointed warriors that have a made up mind not to compromise or negotiate with the enemy. This is no time to make deals with the devil. This is no time to make deals with the enemy. We don't negotiate and we don't compromise. We stand our ground and we occupy and we take possession of and we seize. It's a fiery blazing tide of uncompromised boldness. Warriors who've not surrendered their swords. Their ears hear his voice. Their feet march to the rhythm of a a sound. The sound of his voice. It's the sound of renewal. It's the sound of revival. Not everyone will hear the sounds of revival. Not everyone will hear the voice of the Lord. Even some in the church will have deaf ears, but oh, there is a company of people that does hear what is happening. There is a company of people that hears the rumbling in the mulberry trees. There's a company of people that will listen and lean their ear in to hear what God says to follow the leading of the Lord that we might be in his good and perfect will. There is a remnant within a remnant that's rising to awaken a nation to redemption. The remnant has been aroused from slumber and the destiny of God in us has met up with the timing of God for us. The destiny of God in us has met up and collided with the timing of God for us and from it a fierce passion has been birthed to see God's kingdom purposes restored to our land and now it's time for action. And I want to read to you some scriptures out of Isaiah 43. And it says, Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Let all the people be assembled. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there was No God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior, there is no other way. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed. Therefore, you are my witnesses that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am He, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who will reverse it? Not one. Not one has the ability to reverse it. Not one has the ability to snatch the promises and the purposes of God from his hand. There's no power. There's no principality. There's no demonic spirit. There's no spirit of rebellion or weariness or witchcraft that has the power to take what God has planned and purposed for your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been positioned for a time such as this, and he's showing himself strong, and he's making his presence known to his people. Arise from weariness. Strengthen yourself in the word of the Lord, and occupy, and stand strong in the presence of God. Hallelujah. To the name of the Lord. The Lord is faithful to his people. The Lord is faithful to his people. We just have to be faithful to him. We just have to stand and occupy in the presence of God and believe that what he says is true. Because it's time now to go into action. Hallelujah. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We bless the mighty name of Jesus. Praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah to your name, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Sometimes standing means doing what you might not necessarily feel like doing. Sometimes standing means you put your own wants and needs aside to help someone else in need. We're here to pray, and we're going to pray. We're going to do that. but I just can't hardly move on to that part of this service or this Wednesday night, this service, this meeting, this prayer meeting, without asking. If that spirit of weariness is on you, and if that spirit of weariness has you bound and bent over, then I would ask you to just come. And if everyone would just go ahead and stand.